to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at DUConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and welcome to episode 100. Yeah, we're here. We made it. Most of my favorite podcasts that I've listened to over the last eight years or so Almost all of them stopped at episode 100. Isn't that weird? Like three or four of my favorite podcasts of all time got to episode 100 and never went beyond that. I don't know what that is, if it's some type of modern day curse of the podcasters, but we're here and we've already recorded episode 101. So it's happening. We're going to keep doing this. And I think the idea here is never take anything for granted. The the virus, uh, current situations have certainly served, if nothing else, a reminder that nothing lasts forever. And eventually, even this podcast will end. So take take nothing that you have around you, family, friends, your health, your job. Don't take any of it for granted because nothing is promised to us. Thanks so much for joining us along the journey. It's really meant everything to uh, the whole the whole team here at Do You Convert. When we get kind notes and thank yous and interaction in general with the content that we put out, it's really why we do this. And I and we had some really big plans for episode 100, and then uh, we've had to adjust. So this episode is still going to be amazing. We've got Brian Borio, one of my favorite writers, probably my favorite writer in all of real estate and some of the content that he puts out and, and the thoughts that are inside of his brain. He's a branding mastermind along with the rest of his team at 1000 Watt. We're going to have him on. It's going to be a great episode, but it's not going to be quite what we originally had in mind. I thought what would be interesting is to go back to a LinkedIn post that Andrew and I put together when we started all this. And, and it was just simply titled, Why We Started a Podcast. And see if 100 episodes later, have we fulfilled that mission? Have we veered off course? What's what's going on here? So this is what we wrote almost three years ago now on why we started a podcast. Number one, go beyond the headlines. We wanted to get past just clickbait articles, blog posts with titles that promise a solution and then just say, you should contact us for more information. People just trying to capitalize on trends. And we wanted a format that would allow us to regularly comment on the headlines to give full context to everyone so that you have a better opportunity to figure out what's worth paying attention to and what's not. We've scaled back on the news recently because of of other events going on, but we'll definitely get back in the habit there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give us a check on that one. I guess when the student grades is on paper, we're probably all gonna get A's. The next one is in-depth discussions because not everything is simple. Sometimes a blog post, even with charts, graphs, and 2,000 words, isn't enough to really flush out an idea on a topic. And we're definitely going to get back to this where myself and the rest of the team are just going to continue to to riff around ideas that are important. The very first episode was landing pages forever, talking about that idea. And so we're going to continue to to pick apart different topics in depth from, from all different sides. Next one was scale ideas and not clients. Do you convert is designed to be more of a boutique partnership. Uh, we can't we can't scale ourselves and and do things the way that we do them and have 200 builder partners. It's just not going to work. So there's always a limit to the amount of time we have, but we wanted to be able to do something that didn't, you know, the summit is fantastic and we've Mike and I are working on plans for for this year's events, but it's only once a year. And so this was a way for us to continue to scale ideas and and have conversations in a way that was more regular. And really, when we talk about elevating the conversation, that's the thing I'm most excited about in terms of the progress we've made. Some people 
have reached out to me and they're like, look, everyone's got a podcast now. I, I, that's awesome. I hope everyone has a voice and that we discuss these things. Because previously what was happening was people were just talking to one builder at a time. And really in a, in a client agency relationship that by its very nature is probably skewed and, and not completely. And so one of the things that I've always admired about the general real estate industry is people having conversations. There was noticeable places of discussion and, and ideas formulating that, that even though they may not have executed them, that those discussions made everyone better by simply having them. So I'm most excited about the progress we've made there. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, everyone, where if you were in a crowd or a group of more than 25 to 35 people and you said terms like SEM, CPC, CTR, only like a three quarters of that group even would completely understand what we're talking about. And so that's part of the rhythm of having a regular program is we're able to kind of uh, just bathe in in the topic and really become obsessed with it and, and get everyone up so that we can continue to have better and better and better conversations. And then the last one is uh, extra credit bonus because we were, it's just that we were already doing it. When, when Andrew and I or, or Becca and I or Jackie and I, Mike and Jen, when, whenever more than one DYC member is gathered. We're having these conversations. We were already doing it. So why not just hit the record button? All A's, we passed. Um, but, but what's next? I think we, we really want to focus on going beyond the headlines and continuing to elevate the conversation. And we're probably going to get, in Mike Lyons' terms, a little more spicy as we go on. And you'll, you'll hear why as we go through the interview with Brian Boero in, in just a moment. The other, the other fun thing that we don't talk about much, and I just thought I'd take this opportunity in episode 100 to give a quick update, is, is the scale of this conversation is, is getting fun. Not that numbers ever really matter that much. The most important number is one. But we are, we've blasted past 50,000 total downloads, and we have folks from every part of the country listening. In fact, there are more listeners in Hawaii and Alaska then Rhode Island. So that's that's fun. And then in terms of the, the world, and this, you know, I, I've had folks from Guatemala who I know listen to the episode. I, I see them at all of our events. I also have folks from Africa in my LinkedIn feed that are building amazing projects around the different coast coastal areas uh, and in Western Africa, I believe. There are over, let's see here, over 60 countries in total. The conversation continues to spread and just wanted to say thank you again to everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for listening. Thank you for inviting us into your, your car, your home, your office. Uh, we'll continue to put out the best program that we can. We're not starting a Patreon. We're not going to be sponsored by Audible or a brand of Razors. We're not going to start selling ads anytime soon. All right, that's it. Let's get to the really exciting part of this week's episode. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Brian Boero. And we're back with Brian Boero, CEO of 1000 Watt and one of the most well-written people we've ever had the chance to speak with on the program. Brian, it is an absolute honor to have you on with us today. Thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, Kevin, thank you for having me on. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, I am interested in your company. I've seen you guys kind of from a distance. You're doing cool stuff. So I'm happy to to talk with you. Well, this will be a mutual admiration dance then uh, that we'll have here. Uh, we just had Brad Eman on uh, last week. This, by the way, I think is going to be our 100th episode of Market Proof Marketing that you are 
you're going to be on, Brian. That's fantastic. You know what that is? That is stamina when it comes to <laughs> that's That's half the battle. You got to be good. You got to be interesting. You got to talk well and have ideas and write well, but more than half the battle is just stamina. So a hundred episodes, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, and when, when I emailed Brad uh, after he agreed to come on the program, the title of my email was 15 minutes with Brad Inman. I might pee myself uh, because he's, he's such a legend and, and, and a strong personality. But when I saw the meeting invitation come across that Brian has agreed to hop on, I thought I've never been uh, through all 100 episodes more excited to talk to someone because uh, similarly, and, and our audience knows this, I love uh, sticking my nose in and, and watching the existing home industry or the used home. Sorry, Brian, we uh, yeah. new home people, you know, we like to call them used homes. Yeah. Uh, but it is a free crystal ball to me to see what's coming down the road to us. A lot of people will, will reference the auto industry and some of the things they've done for inside sales and digital over the years. But I, I think you guys are often, uh, to, to, to the surprise of some, but not me, more ahead of the curve, even if it may not feel like it from where you sit all the time. All you the know, time. it's funny you say that, Kevin. I um, I have long been baffled at the like just gaping void that exists between the existing home business or the used home business and the new home business. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're, they should be close second cousins, you know, yep. um, but it's like they're cousins that, that never meet. Um, it's like cold war cousins, one side on, on yeah. the East and one side on the West. It's, it's very strange. You know, I went, I was on a panel at the PCBC event in San Francisco last fall Yeah, and everybody told me, well, you know, the new home business is way behind the curve in terms of tech and marketing and all that stuff. And, you know, existing home, uh, you know, uh, brokerage is way ahead of the curve. And I, I couldn't believe that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. So, yes, uh, we're speaking from opposite ends of the, you know, big housing canyon. Yes. That old monk, uh, you know, different parts of the elephant, right? Yeah. We're all feeling different parts, but it's it's the same elephant. But I, right. I wonder if my perception and the perception you heard from PCBC comes about more because it seems like the tech players of the world, the Open Doors, the Zillows, et cetera, have found a much easier path. And maybe it, maybe it is, like you're saying, because brokers and agents are are less open even than builders. Um, but they seem to be making more impact on your on your industry than ours so far. Yeah, I, I don't and I don't know why that is. And honestly, I think real estate generally, you know, whether it's existing or new home sales, gets a bad rap for being mm -hmm. innovative and adopting technology. Um, realtors, the practicing realtor lives and breathes technology every every day, whether it's DocuSign or, you know, report generation software or their MLS interface. It's, it's, it's part of their minute by minute existence yet somehow they get, you know, wrapped for being somehow backward, which has always struck me as, as curious. Um, you know, and I go to any home builder website and I'm looking at floor plans and doing lots of research online. And, um, you know, it doesn't look that bad for me at the end of the day, you still got to go, uh, uh, tour the house, look at it. Even in weird times like this, the vast majority yep. of people are still going to want to actually experience the home in a sensory way before they buy it. So anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about your company because it's going to lead us into one of the main topics that I I, I, I want to get your perspective um, as an insider, outsider <laughs> to, to all this. 
about 1000 watt is in my opinion and i don't think anyone really would argue with me you're the premier uh, branding and marketing communications uh, company in your space especially on the branding uh, visual design uh, elements you guys just are, are masterful at what you what you do there in the entire the entire process T- talk to me about some general misconceptions that when people hear the word branding in the general real estate world that, that you guys see all the time. And then I'll, I'll ask you some, some perspective maybe on, on why it may or may not be different for home builders, but you, you guys are so good at it. And I know that's a broad question to, to ask. Yeah. You, but um, Well, thank you for the compliment. Um, that makes me uncomfortable, but thank you for it. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. We've been doing it a while. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Well, there's so much confusion and misconception and BS around branding. Um, we could talk for hours on end about that, but I think generally, very generally speaking, what is understood to be branding in residential real estate brokerage is no more than recognizability. Mm. Meaning when people see my red or blue or green or black logo, they recognize it to be mine. And if they see that thing all over the marketplace, then that generates some awareness that may at some point down the, the line in the very distant future result in sales. Mm-hmm. So it it's sort of stops at mere recognizability. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, an abbreviated way of thinking about it because what branding is ultimately is um, feeling that is, is driven by a, a specific meaning. So, you know, we all consume brands and gravitate towards certain brands constantly in our lives. And that's all driven by feeling and a perception of meaning in brand X versus brand Y. Um, Real estate, when we started doing what we were doing, that, that quality was very uncommon. Mm. So what we've tried to do is work with really good companies who have a broader vision, a deeper vision for what a brand is and help them cultivate that meaning and create a feeling that um, creates long-term value. And it's not easy. Um, it's honestly not for every company, but um, it's if you, if you have the stamina and you stick with it, it can be very gratifying and, and very productive. So a brand, a, a new brand is not a new logo. N- no, <laughs> it's not. I mean, that's recognizability. So I'm sitting here yep. in my office and across the room, uh, I see a file cabinet and I recognize that as a file cabinet. I don't have any feelings towards the file cabinet in my office. Right. Um, right. It, that's, that's the difference. I have feelings when I see the pictures of my daughter and my wife uh, on my wall. And that's a feeling. Um, you can come up with any logo you want, but unless there's a a belief system or a point of view on the world or the business of real estate or a purpose or a difference, then it's just something people might recognize. I love that. So, and there's a whole bunch of stuff still. I want to, I want to poke around this idea, but, but you kind of opened the door for me when you said that a, a, a branding interaction may not be for every company. One of the things that we struggle with on the new home side, and when I say we, I mean me, is 
when, when I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, when I got there in 2007, my builder was the official home builder of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. And what a great thing to be, right? But it cost us 325000 a year for the right to say that. And then what I had to explain to the owners who had signed, a, I think, a four or five year agreement for this was, hey, if we don't tell anyone about it, meaning we don't put any... <laughs> any advertising out there that communicates that message, it's still not worth anything. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, my question to them was, if someone really wants to live in Peter's Township and we only build in uh, Washington, PA, is a is a mom of three going to say, you know, I, I really wanted my kids to go to school in Peter's, mm -hmm. but gosh darn it, that, that builder, they're the official builder of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And so that's one of what I use as my illustration of a general real estate agent can help someone wherever they choose to go. Mm -hmm. And so I think in that scenario, the forward thinking companies who want to build a brand, it makes all the sense in the world to me. Personal brands make all the sense in the world to me for everyone to be mm -hmm. considerate about. But for a home builder, that's one of the things that I, I worry about is how much time and energy a company does where the, their idea of, of branding to, and, and you're actually helping me think through this as I'm saying it, which is how good you are. Their home builder's typical perspective of branding is recognizability, yeah. which my point to them is that doesn't help you if you don't build in an area or in a price point that I want. Mm -hmm. But there's huge benefits still in understanding who you are as a brand and what you do stand for. Mm -hmm. So so, so kind of help me pull that out a little bit more. Am I, well, is that on, am I on the right track or I'm well, way off here? No, I think you are, in mm -hmm. my opinion. For what it's worth, I mean, let's let's take this example of your your Pittsburgh Steelers sponsorship. So, yep. if 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 that sponsorship was not, and I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, doing a retrospective on your marketing campaign, Kevin. It was already there when I got there. Oh, it was already okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, and it sounds like this was the case. If that is not tied back to anything in terms of a difference or a point of view or a way of thinking about home or selling new homes, then really what you were doing, what the owners were doing was throwing cash into an oil drum and lighting it on fire, right? <laughs> the idea is that you, you use that recognition to tie it back to a value proposition, um, and to tie it back to a philosophy, a story, whatever that may have been in this case, but just pulling up short at simply having your logo somewhere doesn't do it. I mean, you look at one of the biggest brand advertisers of the last you know, 15 years, Geico Insurance, right? Mm -hmm. They do just go goofy, stupid stuff with the lizard, right? But the, right? And we all know the lizard, but yeah. that lizard, which we all recognize now, we recognize that lizard is tied to you know, uh, take 15 minutes and save 15% on your insurance. And we do um, auto insurance uh, in a way that cuts out the middleman. You do it online and it's cheaper and better. Like, And you and you feel good because there's always humor involved. You're feeling good as you're watching it. So you, you can good. save money and feel good, Geico. Totally. It's fun. It's not heavy. It's not, not you know, like insurance. It's dry. It's sterile. Right. You got you to gotta go call the guy who sits alone in an office who's the insurance broker. And, you know, it's it's no fun. Yep. yep. And one other quick example that's not as much branding, but just a lack of focus maybe was, I'll never forget, uh, I was in Columbus, Ohio, working for a home builder. 
And we were giving away two tickets to the Ohio State Michigan game. Mm-hmm. And all you had to do, this was 2008, I believe, full page ad in the Sunday Columbus Dispatch, $12,000 plus dollars spent, plus two tickets to the hottest game in town of the year. And we had eight people show up at the home. Oh, boy. And I got back to the to the office. And on Monday morning, I, I no one... No one was really freaking out, but I wrote a two-page paper because I was fresh out of school and yeah. thought that's how business works still. And I and I wrote all all my takeaways from this. And my main takeaway was if we would have spent $8,000 on saying thank you to our current homeowners or to communicating to people who had already reached out and were in our CRM system and said, one of you will win tickets as a thank you for being uh, someone who's interacted with. There was just so many better ways to spend that money. So when you said light that, that can of oil on fire, that's... that's- yeah. Yeah, no, that that's yeah, it's the same sort of thing. But now I'm thinking about that ad in Columbus, and and just as, I think what you proposed was way smarter. But like if you're talking about brand advertising, maybe this builder ran a full page ad in the Sunday paper that said all new homes look the same, and that's what it said. Okay, so you take what I imagine is maybe one of the the wraps on new construction, right? Is it, like, yep. it all looks the same? No charm. No charm. No charm. I want my special house that was built, you know, as a one-off, right? The idea with that sort of advertising is to to break the mold, break convention, say something that people don't expect you to say, address the elephant in the room head on, and you know, just say it. Uh, all new homes look the same. Now, of course, in order to do that effectively, incredibly, this builder would have to have sort of a, a process or a way of addressing that that was demonstrably yeah. different from other builders. And they did it, you know, in a way that made it not feel that way, whatever. But I think you get my point. There, Yeah. It's sort of, it's jamming the signal a little bit in terms of what people expect to hear from you. No, I, I love it. And, and that's also when, when you said, you know, all new homes look the same. One of my favorite lines ever that any company has ever come up with was was Smuckers. You know, with a name like Smuckers, it has to be good. Yeah. Just still, I, it's like an opus that I'm listening yeah. to in my mind when I when I say those words. Yeah. Okay. No, that, was, that was a great tagline. I'll give you another one. This one. Okay. Riffing on, on yeah. sort of point of view and stuff. So in the 80s, um, and maybe you remember this, I don't know how old you are, but um, there was a company called Crown Books. And mm-hmm. Crown Books was a discount bookseller. This is before Amazon, obviously, or even Barnes and Noble and Borders. And this guy did ads. Robert Haft was his name. And he'd be standing up in front of a pile of books, and every commercial ad nauseum would start with one line books cost too much. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then he'd talk, say, never pay full price for a book again, crown books, boom, you're done. And it was a very simple business model. But it was a really powerful statement of point of view, of belief, and of brand. Books cost you damn much. Come in and yep. pay half price at crown books. And that was his brand. It's usually not that simple. Um, but it it was a, I always think it's a great example of just pulling everything away from what your mer- purpose and mission and what your brand really is and just being really clear about it. Um, and it seems like it has to be more clear the least frequently that someone is going to be making that purchase. So, yeah. You know, no one bought books 80 in the 1980s, but even more people don't buy books now. Right. Or if they do buy them, they don't read them. Right. 
but that that simple message would still get through to their to their mind and stay there yeah than someone trying to say something more complicated and that's the other thing that builders are always struggling with is by rough rough math no more than two to three percent of the population of any msa is looking to make a move in the next 12 months yeah and so there's this other large 97% who really don't care at all about what you're doing, Mr. Builder yeah. or Mrs. Builder until they're starting to, that reticular activator is getting activated. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that is the, uh, the challenge, you know, across the housing sector, new or existing home sales is, you know, the broadly episodic nature of your engagement with your customer. And it makes creating a brand both more difficult and more important because what can bridge that gap between your starter home and your move up home? Uh, Well, that could be a lot of things, but really the most powerful one could be a brand feeling or affinity. Um, So yeah, it's a tough business. (laughs) (laughs) It it is. But, and and again, we all, we all think the grass is greener on the other side, but, but my perception is that the ability for someone who could sell you any home anywhere and help you through that transaction and sort things out is in some way easier, but I, I, I'm totally also, as I'm saying it, I know that's not true. That's just, that's how the grass feels greener on my end of, yeah. if you, or, or at least the opportunity, if you can make an amazing brand that delivers on its promises and yeah. be consistent with that over time. In the general real estate space, it seems like that should be a recipe for domination. That's going to be really hard to break once you once you get that momentum going. Yes, because um, the condition in resale real estate is that there is very little differentiation, and it's sort of this big uh, vat of sameness, and it's hard to break out of. But if you can, it's very powerful. But but let me ask you a question, Kevin, because I'm looking at it kind of from the outside. We we did this. We worked with a a small custom builder last year in Houston. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Like one of the only brand projects we've done in home building. And we, in the course of doing that, went through the list of top 100 builders in America just to, you know, we're familiar with some of them. They're big companies. But we went through and we looked at their websites and their marketing and what do they do. And I was struck by the even more pervasive sameness that existed there than does in existing home real estate brokerage. Yep. Everybody was saying the same thing. You had your floor plans, uh, you had your sales incentives, whatever. You had the same stuff on your website and you were saying the same things. And what seemed really puzzling to me was that in a business where one of the struggles is kind of dealing with that no charm, no character, mm, do I want to live in a planned development or a tract house mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Where you're battling that rap of sameness all the same, why more people weren't trying to express themselves in ways that were different. It's like they were sort of yeah. playing into that problem that they have. Absolutely. You know, it's incredibly insightful what you're saying in a way. Well, um, let me give you a couple couple quick ones. One is that most home building organizations are still relatively young in terms of uh, they got in the business because they either had access to land or someone started building a home here or there and Mm -hmm. it took off. And and so they're, we call them sticks and bricks kind of people. They're just in love with their product. They're in love with the manufacturing of that product and, and, and the process of creation. Yeah. 
And so one of the big challenges, I, I, I say generational, and what I mean is, is that most of the time when I engage with a small to medium-sized organization like you're describing in Houston, they've recently promoted um, their sales administrator to marketing manager, hmm. or uh, th they don't really have a concept of what marketing should be doing or can be doing to help an organization. Mm -hmm. And so we're finally just now, and this is why, I, again, my perception was the general estate was more progressive is you guys were at least having conversations about things. It's not that yeah. everyone was doing them, but, but there yeah. was at least people sitting around a campfire saying, man, what if one day there was a digital transaction? Right. That made this all easier. What if one day and home builders are just heads down? Where are we getting the lumber from? Where's right. the new plan coming from? Right. Um, and they and they there's just a more general distrust of of the value of marketing because they've never really ha had a sense of what it can do. I thought where you were going is you know what is what are the premier brands in our space in that top 100? And I mm -hmm. I still. Some people will say Toll Brothers has the lock on the on the best brand in our space, and I, I don't agree. I, I think they're if you talk about luxury, expensive, they have the mm -hmm. lock. But in terms of brand affinity and loyalty, and um, customers that are going to get anywhere close to putting a temporary tattoo on their body of them, yeah, uh, there isn't one. So huge opportunity for for you to help help people who are who are forward enough looking to, to take that challenge on for sure. Yeah, and, and you know just to. I maybe make another observation or express my my ignorance on the the new home business. The existing home side of the industry struggles with mm -hmm. is that there's very little command and control. Um, you're a brokerage company. You have a thousand right. agents. Those agents right. are independent contractors, right. and they not only don't embrace your brand. They deliberately resist it because they view it as contrary to or threatening to their personal brand. Um, moreover, because they're independent contractors, any claim or promise you make as a brand is very, very hard yes. to keep because you have no command and control. So there's a, a profound impotence in marketing in the existing home real estate business that is simply structural. And I look mm -hmm. at new home construction, I think, okay, well, you're building your own product. You have a sales force. You control right. much more of your domain than your existing home brethren. Why yeah. aren't you building brands and doing it better? You have everything that these other guys don't. Yes. And I, I can completely see that perspective and you're right. There are definitely like we, we only work with a very, very small number of, of excessively large. And I say that with love for those of you listening, but we only work with a handful of excessively large companies Yeah, because part of it is that we can only scale what we do with them if there is a very strong command and control setup. Yeah. And, and so even though it can be like that, oftentimes it isn't for home building companies. Mm -hmm. And even the ones that do, again, there's more of a command and control focus on, we know we need to do some marketing, but at the end of the day, let's just drop our price by 10 grand. Let's give away a car with a house. Let's, um, you know, put a dog in the ad because dogs are cute. Mm -hmm. um, there's still too much of what I would just call an in infantile approach to marketing that our, our industry, and it's really not as old, I think, as people might think. I, I have met, I had the 
chance to meet um, Ed Ryan, who founded Ryan Homes mm-hmm. uh, before he passed away. And his brother, Jim Ryan, started Ryland Homes. And these are all people that I, I met, like they, and, and they started modern home building really as we know it. So um, they're, they're just now getting to the point, Brian, I think, where they're able to start having some of those thoughts, which does give me hope, not that I'm putting down general real estate, but it gives me hope that we can catch up or leapfrog or continue mm-hmm. to grow faster as we're finally, and this podcast is part of that, trying to just have better conversations and yeah. create better campfires. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I want to, I want to transition sure. to, to your, your company's emails. So I'm not trying to add more, more folks who, well, I am trying to add, I'm trying to add more people to your email list, Brian, because okay. um, <laughs> you guys do an amazing job with how you mark. To me, that is 1000 watt as, as a brand. It is thoughtful um, people who have strong positions and opinions and aren't afraid to articulate them extremely well in written form. Mm-hmm. Uh, as someone who's never worked with you, that that's, that's your brand to me. I'll, I'll never forget when my, when my business partner, my client one time, he said, you know, I, these guys do such an amazing job. I think we should consider doing our email marketing just like they are. And I said, absolutely. I mean, I, I read every single one of them I have for years and years and years. And yet I, my perspective I'm, I, is that those are infinitely harder to do well. Yeah. And if you and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just feel free to pause, sign up for the email, and and wait a week and come back to us. They're they're fantastic, but they're blog posts essentially, uh, or a stream of consciousness thoughts. But the amount of effort, or am I completely wrong? It just seems I said, Mike, no. do you want to write those really thoughtful things on a weekly basis? And he's like, No, could we get someone else to help us with that? You know what would we? I was like, This is yeah. this is them doing it. It's 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 hard work. It it is hard work. And it's, um, I'm glad you enjoy them. And you can go to our website, thousandwatt.net, and on our homepage, you can sign up. Yep. Um, we'll have links in the show notes too for everybody. Um, but that, we started doing that right when we opened our doors. And we don't really do much marketing at all. Um, we don't really, I mean, I'm the CEO of the company and I do sales. People, people come to us because, uh, we have provoked a feeling in them or we have come to mean something. And it took a long time. I mean, I guess we are practicing what we preach in terms of using point of view, um, using um, a voice to create a brand over the long term. But it's really hard. You can We've chosen to do that through, the, through writing, which we believe in very strongly. And uh, it's hard. Um, it's really hard to write something um, that that people want to read, and you must not have gotten that trend report that comes out every two month, two months or so from some organization that says people don't read anymore. Well, that's blaming the victim. <laughs> that's blaming the victim. People don't read because they're given very little that's worth reading. Amen um, to that. You know, there's an old adage in our side of the industry: RDR, realtors don't read. <laughs> you know, oh God, you can send your, your realtor or anything, you know, you're a vendor, you're a broker, whatever. They're not going to read it. And I've always called BS on that because no, you can't write. It's not that they can't read, mm-hmm. you can't write. And, um, you know, so yeah, we built our brand really on having a point of view that we expressed through writing and that's paid off really meaningfully for us and the investment that we have made in time has produced, you know, a, a business and it's also saved us a tremendous amount of money. We built our own audience. <laughs> we don't need to buy somebody else's. Right. So it's, um, 
it's 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 a tough slog, but it's worth it. That I guess is brand building. Yeah. And um, but that was a strategic move on your part because I, I often wondered over the years. I'm like, I wonder if this just happened and it worked, and so they stuck with it, or or if they started from the beginning saying, mm-mm. "This is how we're going to approach this." No. Well, it started with a point of view, and any brand you know has a point of view. Our point of view was. We believe in home ownership. Real estate is really important, but there's a lot that's kind of messed up with this business and nobody's talking about it. So we started talking about it. And when you say things that nobody else is saying or willing to say, people are drawn to that. And if you can say it well, so much the better. And that really is our perspective. We love the business of real estate. We believe in home ownership. But there are some things that aren't right, and we're here to help fix them. And so we said things that, gosh, piss off a lot of people. But I was just going to ask you, so you have people that, that you don't have to say who they are, but there are people who don't like you in the world um, or at least disagree with you strongly? Yeah, of course. I, I, I know there are. And um, if you try to avoid pissing people off, you're not really going to get very far. Uh, because then you're not expressing a, a point of view or a difference. You know, people are driven by, you know, a variety of affinities. You're not going to reach everybody. Um, but the, 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 the connections that we have created by having a strong point of view are stronger than the, um, I don't even want to say enemies, just the, the disagreement that we have created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's absolutely fair. And it's, it's almost like you're starting the scrum and then standing back and watching what happens sometimes. And other times you're continuing to lead all the way through it. And I think that's interesting perspective too, is that you don't always have, you have to have the point of view, but you don't always have to have the answer. And I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've really enjoyed is you don't claim to always know the answer. It's just like, Hey guys, we're going to tell everyone the emperor has no clothes here and we think someone should fix it. And maybe it should be you and we'd love to help you. Yeah. I mean, and that, look, I have always thought that really marketing at its core is saying or doing what your competitors are unwilling to say and unable to do. And that's- That's so good, I might have to delete it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. No, honestly, that was, that was that, that's it, right? Um, yeah. And that's kind of what we did. I mean, we, you know, there are certain things that we see that are stupid and nobody's willing to say anything about it. So we have, I'll give you an example. Last year, we wrote a blog post about how stupid the preponderance of of lists in the residential real estate business was. Well, here's the 100 most intelligent, the 200 most powerful, the 100 richest, uh, the 50 most influential. And mm-hmm. it was, it, it really just got out of control. And really, in our view, was sort of a, uh, a cynical sort of marketing gambit, but also a kind of ridiculous infantilization of professional adults by mm. having everybody jockey to be on a list or brag about having made one. Um, yep. So we wrote a blog post about how, guys, we're, let's just knock it off. And uh, a lot of people said, God, I'm, I thank God somebody's probably finally said that out in the open. And, and we made some people angry. And that's okay. We said what we thought. I love it. Well, you've given me renewed energy uh, to to continue to to cause some cause some stress or 
Yeah, it, well, it, it is. It is. It is tough at times, though, right? I mean, is, is there ever sometimes where you're like, I don't want, I don't. Can I hit the send button on this, or do you guys well, have you locked that in now, where you're like, you know what, we just go? No, we we don't. I don't want to uh, pick fights just to pick fights. That's not control. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, but but sometimes sometimes it still has to be like, man, like in that that example you gave. There's all those organizations. It wasn't just one company doing that. There was everywhere. It was right. systemic, and and they continue. It's it's it was our our opinion was completely without effect, which is fine. We just thought, God, you know, this strikes us as ridiculous. We ought to say something because nobody else is, and that's our brand, right? Because it. where we're coming from from day one is real estate's a really important business, but there's kind of a lot of silly, stupid stuff going on here. Let's try to see if we can kind of fix that. So Got it. it, you know, it. it I guess it was not just gratuitous, you know, uh, trolling. It was, it came from kind of who we are. Yep. Yep. Exactly. There, there's a phrase, you know, from milk to meat and, and you, know, you go from, from milk as an infant. And then as you get older, you can, you can handle solid foods. And sometimes I'll, I'll write things and I'm just thinking, I don't know if, if most, if enough of the right people are ready to eat this meal yet. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I file it away for another day and I, and I, I probably need to stop doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if you're not, if you're not willing to express a distinctive point of view or to take a stand or to demonstrate difference in your marketing and advertising um, as expressions of your brand, then it's probably a waste of money. Was Nike's Colin Kaepernick ad inflammatory? Did it enrage some people? Yes, it did. But it was one of the most effective ads they ever ran. Um, that's because more people loved it and love the company for having run it than those that hated it. Right. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's part of, that's part of just doing it. Last thing I want to end with is um, just a real, of course, it's, it's another one of those deep ones. So just, just pick one example if you want. Uh, the existing ministry as a whole, what's the thing that, that they're starting to embrace that they haven't historically that you're most excited about or, or what is one thing that they just still vehemently are opposed to and and you're just certain that they shouldn't? Well, I think the first one is what you talked with Brad Inman about the other day is that this crisis has been something of a forcing function relative to the digital transaction. We are now mm-hmm. forced to execute the real estate transaction uh, with a much heavier use of technology. And I think that's for all the tragedy and loss of this thing. That's been a, a good thing for the existing home industry, and um, yep. and and you know agents and brokers are making it happen, right? They all use those tools. They're just now using them more. They're normalizing right. them. Yes, um, that's what I was trying to when I was talking to him about going to the moon and back or, or yeah. Mars and back. It, it's it's not par dot, and it's hundreds of thousands of dollars of implementation and setup right. and a thousand automated emails ready to go. Yeah, it's it's DocuSign. It's, right, totally. <laughs> it's Zoom. It's yeah. it's these technologies that have been at our fingertips for a long, long yeah. time. Yeah, and the other thing I would say, Kevin, and and you know, this is because I live this every day, but it is happening. Is we're seeing more and more companies think in terms of brand. We're seeing companies who are willing to deviate from the playbook, um, willing, and and in many cases, these are smaller companies. There's a phenomenon in the you know existing home business of sort of boutique real estate brokerages, teams, um, even bigger brokerages that are really thinking about, um, geez, what do I stand for? What do I mean? And then how do I put that into the world thoughtfully 
in words and, and images and design and experiences. So there's a bit more of that brand thinking thinking happening now, which is good to see. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was from one of your posts, but somewhere I saw that there is a boutique firm, maybe it's not a boutique, but in my mind it is, uh, Pixel Real Estate. Hmm. And I don't know who they are. I don't know how where I have to move to to do business with them, but that's who I want to talk to. Yeah. I just, I love even just the, the name of it. Yeah makes me very, very curious to, to want to interact with their organization. Yeah. So you're seeing more of that and it's, uh, yep. it's a good thing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Brian, thanks so much for your time today. This was, this was fantastic. Couldn't have a better guest on for the hundredth episode. Again, everyone will have links to the article that he mentioned uh, about the listicles that are, that are being written as well as the website and, and signing up for the email newsletter. Definitely do that. You will be better off for it. Well, well Kevin, thank you appreciate you having me on. I'm honored. All right. We'll do it again. Okay. Okay.